That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the Nine Team In Football Network. Joining me to talk about the 1-1 draw against Everton and the ongoings around Molyneux, particularly what happened after the game. I'm joined with Stu, Luke and Tom. But most importantly, guys, and I'm going to throw it to Luke here, talk to me about power slap. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just watching it now. I, just, I can't even believe it's a, it's a legal sport. It's mad. But you can't it take is. your eyes off it, can you? That's the problem. Nah. It's crazy. Like, I actually think it's going to get quite big. <laughs> well, Dana yeah. watched 90 and he's frigging. Remember the, um, like in the in the late 90s, there was a thing called bum fights where mm. they, they paid tramps to fight each other. Yeah. And like, you, want a, yeah. you want a bootleg CD video. <laughs> it, it feels like it's the natural evolution of that. Yeah. How do you think Fred, the ring rail tramp, would have got on in bum fights? Oh, he was mm, well. He was a soldier, wasn't he? So mm. I don't know. He, he seems more of a. He loved his plants and stuff that day, though. So yeah, he seemed always more tender. of a lover than a fighter for me. Yeah, yeah, true. He calmed down a bit after that. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's talk about football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or we could, you know what? Let, let's bring it slowly on the football. Let, let's not make the full jump. Which Wolves player would be the champion at Power Slaps? Oh, the Dharma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what there's no, there's no real... Con- no, you know what? I'm going to go for Toti Gomez. Actually, I reckon Costa would do well, because I reckon he can take a slap. Yeah. yeah. He's a sort of, like, you'd slap that- him and he'd just, like, start laughing in your face. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Because I get... It, it's a two-way street, isn't it? Because... The question is, could Adama take a slap better than Diego Costa? No. Nah. No, it's take a slap better than Costa. Yeah, I feel, I feel it, he, he'd it enjoy it. He wouldn't rearrange his face any, any more than it already is. As contests go, I feel like a power slaps competition would have been a more interesting one from the game yesterday, but... There were quite a lot of undertones to the game, which I think... Can, do you know who deserves it? a power slap? Go on. David Coote. Yes. <laughs> He's got a yeah. face, great, power slap. Great yeah. segue. I feel... <laughs> should we just start all fancasts with this? Yeah. Who, <laughs> who deserves the power slap of the week? Yeah. David Coote. <laughs> that could be how they get around VAR issues. Yeah. And, you know... And like punishment for referees and players, you know, we shouldn't just discriminate against referees because we'll have all those little Twitter accounts go, Ooh. no, players as well. And even like uh, David Cook's a great example because there's that weird incident where he touched, you know, touched the ball after Nevers won it back. It went to the um, Everton end up getting the ball back. It could have just been solved nice and simply, not with a drop ball, but with a quick power slap. 
Yeah, I think that that would be a, a decent rule to introduce. Yeah, thank you. And, and he would oh. have gone down worse, more of a bitch than Paul Alcock did at Sheffield Wednesday <laughs> years ago. <laughs> All right, that was embarrassing. That was one of Jesus yeah. Christ. So so bad, so bad. Um, let, let's talk about the game because I know it was is a weird one going into it. I think because obviously. Our, our position secured. Everton's isn't. But I don't know when I saw the lineup, I, I, I kind of wasn't sure kind of how Wolves would approach the game to start with. Because um, Lopetegui's kind of hinted, you know, about giving different player starts and things like that. But realistically, did anyone expect this starting lineup with you know Collins coming in? Um, a midfield pivot of Gomez Neves, better front four essentially of Sarabi opponents Wangan and Dharma. I don't even think most of the players expected that line. <laughs> no. Never mind the fans. Um it, it was a strange one. Um especially sort of like a front two of Sarabia and, and Wang. Like I don't know, just just I don't see how that works in any sort of Format, um, yeah, it's a really, really strange one. Um, I mean, obviously, Neto Matinho left out of the squad completely. Another strange one. Um, it'd be interesting to know what his thinking was behind that squad yesterday. You know, obviously, he's left people out for a reason. Is it because? They're not in his plans at all for next season. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, for me, that was a really, really strange lineup. Everything got drastically shortened as soon as that team was announced as well. Did anyone notice that? That actually plummeted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even even uh, Joe Nobody knew that that was um, that was a shit team by Wolves. Basically, just zero goals. Like, where are the goals in that team? Sitting there, where we've always played shite with no striker this season, and just as soon as it was out, I think we all thought that it was uh, it was an Everton winning coming. To be fair, I mean, you, you look at on at the time, and I said, well, it, the only kind of common sense is it's some kind of four-two-three-one, and it, even it never really was. No, <laughs> because you had Huang as a central striker, which is mad enough, but then. Like Troyoro was on the left sometimes, and yeah, fluid front three or whatever. But it's them players who can't do it. Um, I mean, I already had a five on Everton to win anyway because I thought, well, of all the things, and he's the king returning. Um, that's the last time he was here, he beat us four 0 Burnley. Remember, so so it'd be harsh. But I thought, oh well, we're on the beach as we've proved time and time again in the last few weeks. Everson, like you said, Rich have got all to play for, and then that team line that comes in, you think, well, it's going to be one of these. Then, is it? and I was pleasantly surprised, I suppose, when it wasn't. Yeah, because it, it, it looked awkward on paper, but I mean, it, it helped, and I, I feel like it, it needs to sort of be stated. I didn't quite appreciate how crap Everton are. <laughs> Just they are they are just not a good football team, and obviously, yeah, they're they're, they're where they are on the table. But that is just a team that were just on its ass. 
in my opinion. I, I think they're, they're very, very fortunate that they're probably not going to get relegated this season. Very mm. fortunate. Um, I, I'm not quite sure why we were so insistent on on, try, on trying to play quite direct when they've got probably two of the biggest centre-halves in the league. <laughs> you know, and, and we were playing Sarabia and Wang up front who ain't the tallest. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Everton, Everton are, are lucky that there's only one game left now because, like you said, Rich, they're, they're really, really bad. Like, really bad. Um, and I know as, as much as Stu loves Deutsch, but again, like, f- from a, a tactical or a coaching point of view, like, f- long term, what is the plan? Just to try and play horrible route one, lumpy up to the big man style football for the rest of next season as well. I mean, that, that's the point, I mean, that it's not, what is the plan? I mean, in a weird way, it'd be better for them to go in and start again because this yeah. was the same last year. It was the same yeah. before that. This has been coming for yeah. years. And what, what are they going to do? They can't spend any money. So they are going to patch it up and go again next year and, and kind of stumble along until the new stadium's open. But then what they're going to do, they're still going to pay for it. <laughs> and they're in some kind of weird scouse limbo that's <laughs> never going to end which is funny and for our point of view i mean in a weird way ha- having them and forest stay up is guaranteed to keep them at the bottom of the league next year as well but obviously we're not going to be troubling there when august comes along but you got two there who's going to be in the bottom six again next season straight away because what's going to change i mean you're the the financial expert stew well how how bad are everton's Finances like are they close to point deduction territory? I don't know where it's not happened already. I mean, we, we won't know what this season's like until next April when the, when the things come out. Um, but from what all from what they were saying when they were like, oh, the Premier League's going to sanction them and everything. If that was anyone else, if that was Bournemouth with that level of debt, they'd have been mm. done. They've been done yeah. already, but because it's Everton and one of the one of the the, the key marketing points of the league, and mm-hmm. we we all know what goes on. I'm, I'm, it looks as dodgy as anything they've escaped so far, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if someone does put a bit of a legal challenge in, like Sheffield United did with the Tevez thing, because it looks. They said they'll, they'll investigate it. They're supposed to be under sanctions, yet they still spend money and they still lose a lot. <laughs> Every year, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I think with with Everton as well, they haven't really got any any assets that are well from a, a playing squad point of view. Who's worth the money? Pickford, mm. Calvert, Lewin, maybe, but away from them too. They've got Anana, Anana's half decent. I think he'll mm. fetch a bit. It yeah. fetch a bit of money, but yeah, you're right. They haven't got much at all, have they? But I I think the thing is with that is like the city, the, the one that's been brought up with city. They're saying that might be three years before anything's actually come. It's going to be in courts for something like three years. And I mean, Everton have bounced around this for two or three already. And I don't know how they escaped it last time. Like Stu said, if you read all the, you know, you know, the reports. Obviously, we only get fed certain things through the media and what have you. But it seems a bit of a joke that they're still in this sort of position where they, you know, they're sort of getting away with it. Well, you look at the the Anthony Gordon money. It's like forty million. They spent that. 
So it's it's just been squirreled away to the. Oh, we'll write it. We'll be good. Well, you can have this bit, little bit of money, and but there's another. That's ten percent of what we owe you all. And <laughs> football credit has to be paid anyway, regardless. Mm-hmm. But where's it coming from? And yeah, I know they got done by the Usmanov thing with the Russia and whatever, but that was only the the thirty million sponsorship of. Well, no, it was the right to have first dibs on the sponsorship, which he sounds dodgy anyway. <laughs> so the whole thing just stinks, and they should have been done already. From like what Tom says, like what we've been told. Yeah, I, I, they strike me just as a team who, almost like Villa, just needed need to get relegated. They they need that hard restart because you say they don't have lots of they don't have lots of standout players who you could say oh they they will improve another Premier League team, mm. and it kind of just screams that it's just a club and a team that just just has a really poor culture to them and you know whether Sean Dice is able just to kind of literally just change it over the summer and scrap a load of players and bring in new ones I, I, I don't quite see it I, I, I you know I, I actually don't you know I'm not on King D levels of Sean Dice nor do I think he's this you know footballing dinosaur but it's a, it, it'll be a hell of a job to actually get them to tur- turn around because you say it's three seasons in a row essentially where they've been in the bottom five mm. that's so so bad um so and then yeah, but going to yesterday obviously like they, they had a few chances that don't get me wrong and arguably they had better ones than wolves but just they're just they're just not a good football team no, as soon as Calvert Lewin went off, they were absolutely dreadful. They had a bit when he was on because, like, uh, like we said, you know, they were lumping it up to him, and he was, you know, bringing a few people into play. I think he had a couple of headers first half that he should have probably yeah. done a bit better with. But then after that, I don't recall him having abs- anything at all. And uh, I don't want to skip ahead too much, but Dice said after the game, or oh, some games you win on tactics, some you win on uh, ability. This was winning just by sheer grit and determination, and and just you know knocking at the door constantly. And I, I don't know what the hell game he was watching because I didn't see him knocking on the door till about five minutes from the end. I couldn't believe there was no urgency at all. I think their fans were getting agitated with them as well. They were just stepping off and not doing anything whatsoever to try and get anything from that game. You know, it's it's really interesting because I watched the game, but. Sort of when you look at the stats, it's weird because they did have a like a much higher XG than us. But I think you look at the the hot zones of it. They were you say the Calvert Lewin header, and I think Jeremy Mina had one in the first half as well, which you know were both sort of six yard out headers. But beyond beyond that, which I guess sort of tips it on a statistical level, yeah, it did, didn't really ever feel like Wolves were really being pressured. Um, and but like, we weren't the most fluid creative outlet that has ever existed. But uh, yeah, just it, it, that was that was a weird thing to watch. And it's been a while, I guess, since you know we, we've seen Wolves be that team who were just on the beach and have that level of freedom. I guess. Um, I mean, but, you say fr- you say freedom. I mean, you, if you bring that graphic up again and you look at the, the shots. Yeah, when did the last time we had that many shots? And five, five on target, let alone, and it's only, it's only one at best, and and that's out of four. 
So to so have 13 shots, and they weren't just pot shots either. And you look at, obviously, the, the, a couple of the long ranges there for the, on the, for the audio people on the graphic, but the Sarabia one that went just wide of the post, the one that where Pedence, whatever the hell he was doing there, he had plenty of time to just take it down and, and slot it in rather than trying to volley it from, for no reason whatsoever. Um, but then two just off the top of my head were standout ones. And you think, well, fair enough. We, we, we've been begging for this. We've been actual, actually creating chances, and we did. But as per usual, we fucked them up. <laughs> well, we did. I was going to say, yeah, yes, we did. But I guess for one chance, which we didn't quite fuck up, was Adal Machore in what could potentially be his last home appearance for Wolves. Almost did the most Adama thing possible, where he runs 80 yards with the ball, beats five players, and then his shot doesn't go in. <laughs> and like, I mean, honestly, with Adama, he, he he splits the fan base probably like no other player. But that run yesterday was just absolutely superb. What other player, probably in the league, can do that? I mean, just look how how he progresses progresses us up the pitch with with his runs. I don't understand why people would be so happy to see him leave. Well, Nunes did it after, but <laughs> yeah, he did. To be fair, there's a decent run from Nunes as well. Um... But if that, I think that's the problem, though. We know he can do that. That is what he's good at. When he does anything else, like when he sliced it, he's, his first cross of the game after two minutes, and it was straight to the centre. <laughs> <Yeah. back. laughs> um, but look, I've said over and over again with him, like when he went on that run, and there was at no point was I excited because I, where's this going to end up? Because you know it's not going to go in. It's gonna. It's either gonna go. It's gonna be straight at the keeper or ballooned over. So when it actually, it was a decent shot for a change, and it was a pretty good save. I was actually that was the moment when he. I thought ah, and then obviously Quang put it in. But it's so it's so far few and far between with him. That's the problem. But we know yeah. he can do this. He could do this all game, every game, but he does it once a month at best. You think just why? That's what you're good at. Just do it. Yeah, and you know, I've, I mean, I'm I'm a Traore fan. I like him. I, I think we should keep him, but I do I do appreciate that he's he's inconsistent with it as well. Um, I do think he gets slack on his crossing. I know that crossing the first two minutes was absolutely <laughs> terrible. Yes, I know, but I think his crossing's a lot better than what people actually give him credit for. Um, we could certainly do a lot worse. Well, we do, Sarabia, <laughs> as a winger. So you know. Um, I'll always, I'll bang the drum, another two years for Adama. Um, even if we, even if then, you know, we just keep him as an asset, as a as a squad player. Even if he doesn't start every week, but, um, you know, I think, I actually think we'll struggle to replace him because well, he's so unique. Then the the closest you're going to get is Chiquinho, but we're again, we Neto's never come back from yeah. from what happens to him. That injury looks absolutely any. shocking compared to yeah, anything yeah. else that we've seen, even worse, worse than Rowles in a way. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, football is he missed 12 months now? Chiquinho, is he 12 yeah, months? I was gonna say, is he he yeah. hasn't played any development squad football, has he? No, I don't even think he's training on the grass yet, is he? Um, he was around in one of the videos last week, bro. I can't remember if he was running around, running or not. I just saw his happy little face, um, <laughs> but. I mean, in, in a weird kind of flip reverse, I would say, like my argument with that I put on Twitter about Samedo, that 
you look at it the other way, we're signing a Premier League capable defender for free, who was, before yesterday, part of one of the best home defences in the country. So you can't mind about it, can you? And for the same the same argument, if you're signing Adama Traore for free, is that a bad idea? Probably not. Mm. Is he worth 100 grand a week? That's no. what he's asking for. That's what he's asking for, isn't it? So, that's the problem. That's the what, what, what's he worth? Seven, sixty, seventy? Whatever. Yeah, that would be fair. I think that would be fair. But then, from like Traore's point of view, you've got to look at sort of Jimenez for the last two years, and you, you'd be thinking, well, if he's getting paid hundred grand a week, regardless of what he's done in the past, because he ain't doing it no more. But you know, this fella's getting paid hundred grand a week. Oh, but he was off those terms before the injury, though, wasn't it? And that's when he yeah. was under a grand a week player, yeah. so it's hard. I, I get your point, but it's he wasn't offered those terms on Jimenez, who he is now. He was offered those terms yeah. on Jimenez pre-injury, but it's with Adam. He's going to get more money elsewhere. That's I think that's just that's just going to be a fact, isn't it? Because when you're a free agent, you can pretty much ask for what you want, and you know you'll get well, it. I, I think I think he'll ask for more than what we're willing to pay him. To be honest, and I think he'll go. I'm. I'm... I completely agree, Tom, and you're right because a club's not going to have to fork out the transfer fee. I'd be curious to see what clubs willing to spend that bit more on him. And I'm because you're right. You have got someone who's he has these flashes of quality, and it's whether like a Crystal Palace goes because sort of fits the bill in terms of some of their um, you know pacey attacking players and go. Oh well, we'll pay him 150. As a, I'll tell you what I would do. Semi replacement for Zaha. I'd let Palace have him, and I'd get Zaha. <laughs> <laughs> That's two hundred grand a week. That one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a tricky one with a and I think the fact that out of everything happened at the weekend in terms of goodbyes, quote unquote. There wasn't anything really about Adama, was there? No, no I think it's still, it's still up in the air, ain't it? it it's still very much. It, it does feel it. Where, yeah, it it doesn't feel like the you know the, the chapter's been closed for me. And yeah, I think I think you know you've got to put them. We'll probably put the players into three categories. Sort of definitely going fifty-fifty. Definitely staying. Um. And Traore would, would fit into that middle category, maybe with, I don't know, would you put Ait Nuri in that category, the 50-50, maybe? Saar, 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably why. So obviously because, you know, Jimenez, definitely going. Matinho, definitely going. Um, Johnny, Definitely going. That's why there's more sort of conversation around them because we we sort of know they're definitely going. Whereas the fifty fifty ones, you know, because it because it is fifty fifty that you know the, the the conversation's not there really, is it? Because the, yeah. the focus is on is on the sort of. So I sort of think for yesterday in particular, I think you've kind of got vote that the famous five of the the end of the era players in Neves, Jimenez, Matinho. Traore and Johnny, and you might almost felt like just out of process of elimination, there wasn't much focus on Traore because you know, we'll talk about Matinho in particular in a bit. But Johnny 
wasn't in the squad at all. And right, maybe you know, look, Patagi's gone. I've got my fullback in Brenner on the bench. Why would I, you know, I don't need to necessarily do it. Neves is your club captain for the year left on his contract, and every season we kind of get the same spiel from him. And you know, and you know, it kind of feels a bit more likely this time. And then Jimenez, which has kind of been bubbling under the surface in terms of his future for what 12 months now. And you know, we had pretty big signs that he's likely to move on in the summer for me. So you're right, we, we've kind of talked about everyone else, but yesterday almost Adama's stuff got fell by the wayside in a way, which I think was probably a good thing in a way, um, because there's far far more interesting than other ones to sort of pick apart. But we'll, we'll talk about the end of the game in a little bit, because actually we've got itself. Fair play for Huang for keeping up with him. Because they both start pretty much on the same starting point on the edge of the box. I yeah, he did well. Yeah. I thought, not just that, I thought he was excellent first half. Mm. Huang. He's kind of, that's the kind of player we thought he was going to be in the first place. And a bit of a terrier. He's got more skill than you realise he actually has done. And he's got an eye for goal. And he's there. He's there. Plus, he's at four four goals now this season, and they've all been tappings. And you think, well, yeah, that's what we have. we haven't got anything like that anymore. It's what he's and good he, at. Yeah, just leave him alone. Not expect the world of him. Just get him to do his thing, and he does it really well. I mean, he was he was proper knackered at the end, like, but he's gonna be because the shift he put in was superb. And I know what happened at the Newcastle game earlier at the start of the season, whatever that kind of. It wasn't really his fault. It was everyone's frustration bubbling over, and it just happened to be him who who cocked it up. But I think he's got some kind of redemption story this season. Everyone else, because he's no one hates him anymore, <laughs> which it, it, everyone has seemed to have turned on him at one point, and like people called him Quank and everything, and which wasn't really fair. Um, but you look at him now, and I thought, yeah, fair play to you. You got that goal, and. and his overall performance, especially in the first half, was excellent yesterday. I agree. Yeah. I thought it was really good. It says a lot that he's gone from being like everyone's first name out the door, as in from our forward players, to now probably one of the only ones that were worth keeping. Because I, I wouldn't shed a tear if any of those forward players left, apart from Cunha, probably. Obviously, but he's not going to leave. Um, but the rest of them, you know, I, I'm bothered, to be honest. Whereas Wank, you know, I actually think he's probably quite good to keep now because. Like I say, he's got a goal in him. He seems to be in the right spot so often. Um, you know, and he's works hard. I think he put himself about quite well. For, like you said, the two massive centre-halves. And I felt he held his own. I really did. You know, it's not it's not an easy gig that we've seen bigger strikers struggle against those centre-halves more than he did. Um, he went quite second half. But, you know, I think it was a really, really good 45 minutes from him. I think there's, there's certainly worse squad options to have than Wang. Um, I mean, I was really critical of him at the start of the season, especially after the, the Newcastle game um, and the incident there. But like Stu said, he's, he's chipping in with goals. And for me, he, he's not the worst option in the world if, you know, maybe you're drawing a game and, and you, you know, you need to chase a goal 20 minutes left. You know, there's there's, there's worse players to, to bring off the bench than than Huang. So I think as a squad option, we could we could do a hell of a lot worse. 
Yeah, he's completely right. He's, he's I know it's a pretty good knack for a forward player to find themselves in good positions in the box. Mm. And you know that's saying something considering most of our forward players don't particularly have that. And it all right, yeah, it, it it's footballing basics, isn't it, to follow in a shot, especially if you've got a Dharma Triore shooting. And Pickford saving. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, always, it's always a good chance it's going to bounce back out to you. But I know, for me, like, that stuff doesn't happen by accident. And, you know, you're right, like, most of his goals have been tappings for Wolves. But uh, it is, I know, it's not kind of leaving in terms of that fox in the box. As, as long but, as the ball crosses the white line, if it's from 35 yards or 3.5 yards, a goal is a goal. Like, just put the ball over the white line. And, you know, I think, like you guys have mentioned, it just shows that his positioning, his awareness in the box, his anticipation to read those situations. As a striker, they're key attributes to have. You know, when you consider half our players get aneurysms whenever the ball comes to the box, <laughs> you know, um, as you know, a couple of uh, comments on uh, the old YouTube Ed Marshall, um, Huang's redemption arc, <laughs> Marvel comic levels, and also sort of follows up with um, he stays in between goalposts and, and that's natural poach stuff. And, he, and he's right, you know, do I like I, I don't Huang isn't a left wing forward, he isn't someone who you know can hug the touchline and do that that's not his game he works great in a front two or he's when he's got players supporting him where he can kind of find those little gaps in the and, and pockets of space in the box um and sort of pick up on the loose threads something that frustrated me and it, it kind of i guess picked up last game as well it's yeah we've mentioned about the ref but the amount of added time now i see fucking joke I don't mind it, but do it throughout the season. Do it yeah, throughout think... half the season. Don't do it with two games left. Nevers' yeah, I... comments are spot on, and I'd love to see a response from um, Howard Webb or PGM OL or whatever them called in response to his comments because he's he's called them out for what they are. Fucking charlatans. Absolute clowns. Um, and, and you're right, like... No one's no one's got an issue with there being nine minutes injury time. Like when when the injury time at the World Cup, like most people saying, you know what, fair fucking play because mm-hmm. that's what they should do. And in turn, it will stop time wasting. I understand time wasting is a part of the game, but also, you know, some of the levels that these teams go to, it's fucking ridiculous, man. And it is it is one of the dark arts that needs not completely removing, but it needs to be managed a lot better. Um, but I, I mean, where did the nine minutes come from in the first place? I don't I mean, remember too many stoppages, really. It, it, there was five minutes when there was there was a bit of treatment in the second half. That was it. Um, but like this whole experiment thing passed me by completely. I had no idea this was happening. No one, no one. Like, well, that's normally, the point. That's yeah. the point, isn't it? Like, it's it's how. It. Howard Webb got so much like praise in, on Monday Night Football and fair play because I thought he came across really well because he explained everything, he showed the process and what, why wasn't there the same before the games this weekend? 
okay, so this week we're doing that. I mean, not so not saying it makes it right, but at least we'd have a clue. So, you know, so mm. we're, we're the normal fan, all they want to be doing is kept informed about a game they're paying fucking 40 quid a game to watch. What, what, why are we the last to know any of these things? It's a it's fucking joke. It's really annoying. Yeah, because I mean, you look, look at the, the Premier League Twitter account where they put the little shirts on for the for the match day preview, so you know what who's playing in what. They've got the they've got the. I mean, that gets millions of views. Mm. <laughs> that tweet every week because the saddos like me who love that stuff. <laughs> but the point is, they've got eyes. All they have to do is put a little thing asterisk at the top for this weekend, for for the next two weekends, we will be trialling the World Cup timekeeping exercise. Job mm-hmm. done. There you go. No one moans. Whatever. It's still ridiculous that you, you're doing it for the last two games when there's still things to play. If everything was done and dusted, then whatever, fine. But there's still things on the line. And you can't then go about it and, oh, it's like, the, like oh, Lamina got sent off because he was the third man. Well, no, yeah. that's not a rule. There's never been a rule. You got sent off because he's black and the, the <laughs> referees are racist. And I've said that over and over again and they're not going to tell me off, father Because it's true. That was a shambles, that game. And it's not happened. It didn't happen before and it hasn't happened since. And it's got worse, if anything else. And no one else has been sanctioned about it. Just Lamina. And what he was like in that... I mean, everyone saw what, what Jared Gillett was like in the uh, Monday Night Football thing. Yeah. How he spoke to people. He's got ideas above his station. In, in Australia, he was great. He's the one that they showed with him mic'd up there. He was good. And he's come over here. Billy Big Bollocks again. Stupid. But no one's got a problem with extra time. We, we lost two points because of a goalkeeping error, which we'll come on to that in a bit, because what do people want? Hmm? Want star <laughs> dropping? For no, pro, no apparent reason. You get a, you get a B-list... Championship keeper who has one good game and everyone thinks he's the, he's the saviour. Well, mm. then he drops a complete bollock, loses us two points. And it was already on the cards with that one that he tried to punch wide. What, why? That was straight at him that went out for a corner earlier in the game. Just not good enough. But timekeeping, if that's what if that's what it was, then fine. But no one was told, again. It just feels bizarre to me. You take... Introducing something halfway through the season, I don't, I, I can never quite get my head round. They're literally just making the rules up as they go along. Yeah, like I, quite literally now. And it just it, it, it screams that there is there must be something incredibly poisonous within, uh, you know, PGMOL, what, what FA in terms of managing that because it, this is just this like, is a a multi billion pound. Yeah product a multi-billion pound organization whatever you want to term it you know you'd expect you'd expect this sort of foolishness in the wolverhampton sunday league or the west midlands regional league not the english premier league like if 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 they can't get their house in order at the highest level then what hope is there for the rest of the football pyramid because it, it is like it, it's a joke it is a joke like they are literally making the rules up as they go along now. And how is that fair? And how is that, you know, as sort of, I'm not even going to say fans, as customers, <laughs> why should we be buy? Why should we buy into that product? Makes no sense. Maybe just did it to gloss over how shit his overall performance was, to be honest. Like, so we're only talking about that and not how incompetent the rest of his performance was. Well, Cause that was did, embarrassing enough as it did was. Did any of you notice the fell throws from Everton yesterday? 
Who was taking their long throws? Was it like Tarkovsky or something? Hmm. I think it was their number five. Every time he took a throw, he was jumping. Like his his lead foot was off the floor as he was throwing it. The throwing that led to their goal. Damari Gray is actually standing on the pitch. That's actually allowed, by the way. What stand on the pitch? As long as that part of this is. One of them weird bylaws that it very rarely comes up, but you don't have to have your feet behind the line. As long as parts of your throwing foot is on the line, like with a corner, like the overhang thing, yeah, you, your foot can be on the pitch. You're talking about Mo Kamara at Barnsley levels where he kind of trapezed himself <laughs> on. But you, as long as your foot's touching the line, then your foot can be on the pitch. Again, stupid rules. No one, no one wants, but they're there. See, so, Stu, this is why I appreciate you, man. <laughs> it's mad though all them little things like you you just know every day's a school day around you well um okay it's right I'll, I'll take back the damari gray throwing then they can have that one but those i'm sure i counted at least three or four foul throws from everton yesterday and i'm just like what is this guy doing again <laughs> like this is elite level refereeing i understand they're humans they are gonna make mistakes but when you are that Fucking shit. Like, we've had some shockers at the Molyneux this season from refs. But he, that one's got a built there with, with one of the worst of, of of the last decade, even. Um, I think we mentioned it at the beginning of the show or just before we come on air. When Neves played the ball off the ref and he gave the ball back to Everton. Mm. <laughs> when Samedo got clattered and mm. got booked. And I think, I mean... I haven't seen a replay of it or anything, but even like the trial right booking was a bit like, what the fuck's this guy playing at? It wasn't just yesterday either. Every time we've had him, he's been like this. Yeah. Every single time. And coincidentally, when he's been on VAR for us as well, it's always the same. It's a, as soon as I saw his, his name on last Wednesday when it was announced, you think, well, we know what this is going to be then. It's it's a, just playing, it's not playing against. 12 men because he was equally as bad for them as he was for us. Mm. He's just, they're just not fit for purpose. And I think this is why a lot of, like a lot of the Howard Webb stuff on Monday night was welcome. But we also know that that's the fact that that is the best of the best of them clips that I could show probably without any levels of incompetence at all. And how it still wasn't great kind of highlights a massive issue there. And yeah, obviously, no one wants to be a ref because why would you want want to put yourself in this position at the young age of like 14, 15 when you start? Mm. You ain't going to get a passion to be balled at unless you've got a bit of a kink. So, oh, but, and there ain't that many people around you, so, or at least in public eye. So it's it's just a massive problem that they're all in, they're in, are they're incompetent, bent or both. And they're not held with stupid rules that make no sense. They're made up by people who've never played the game. And then you yeah. look at the one, the, the Anfield one, which as soon as I, I, I didn't even know the score there, I had no idea. So when I was watching it on match of day, it was going completely alien to me. But as soon as I saw it, I thought, well, that's going to be offside because of how stupid everything is now. And you look at it, and in, in no world does that make any sense other than theirs. Yeah, it's. I mean, ugh, the amount of money that is floating about the Premier League now, surely they can offer a better referee education package to referees that are, that are, that are climbing the ladder? 
ex-players. Um, isn't, that, isn't there one getting a lot of publicity at the moment in the chat with Deniref City Raya, I think. I don't know if there's one in, in is really doing well in the Champions League, a Polish guy, and he's played the game before. I think he plays it like, you know, their championship equivalent in Poland or something like that. And I think, you know, ex-players getting into it, I think, could could be something that, that needs looking at, to be honest, because... Like you say, they played the game. Then they they know all the tricks of the trade. That you know they know what to look for. Um, and obviously, you can't have it at the highest. You know, the highest players doing it because obviously there's going to be bias for certain teams. But you know, well, lower down the pyramid, I think there's something in that. I don't, I don't know if there would be bias. I mean, I just I think they just have to declare like that. Obviously, you wouldn't get Gary Neville like, refereeing Liverpool or Man City, would you? That's or maybe <laughs> even Arsenal, but. I you, your players at that level wouldn't do it anyway because why would you? They don't need the money. No. You're looking at like League Two and be, League Two and below, maybe they might need they need the money more, and that'd make some kind of sense because if they've they've still got a job in football, they're getting paid a decent wage for what the next twenty, thirty years of their life, hmm. and they're going to get a bit more exposure there than they did when they played. So if if people wanted to do that, then maybe. But in the short term, you might have to look at going abroad and just bussing these yeah. people in because this doesn't happen. It very rarely happens everywhere else. I mean, I, I watch a lot of foreign football. Now Gully does as well. And all this stuff that comes out everywhere. Oh, it's, it's as bad in Spain. And Well, it's not. It's not at all. This level of shitness doesn't happen anywhere else. And you look at the amount of English refs that went to the World Cup. Says it all. Mm. Because you'd rather, they'd rather get people from countries that no one's even been to who are still better than the refs in the Premier League. Yeah. Why don't we get refs from abroad? Because There's no rule against it. But, you know, if, if you had refs from Russia or frigging Belgium or whatever, they're going to be a lot more impartial than the English refs. Because, you know, we've all got feelings towards certain teams in this country because that's sort of this is the country that we follow the, the the sporting but you know I wouldn't go and ref in Holland and feel like you know what I'm going to fuck over Herenven or AZ Altmar <laughs> because I've got no need to like I don't care about them whereas you know a Congolese ref ain't going to think like oh I absolutely hate Crystal Palace to the point where I'm going to start cheating because I'm adamant that them cheating these refs on there. It's gone beyond them being shit. They're just cheating. Yeah, and, and until they give access to the full trans, not live because that's not allowed, as he clearly pointed out, which we all know anyway. But the fact that the MLS has got its own referee YouTube channel that goes over all these things and shows all all contentious decisions with the audio, and they go over it and they criticise their own. Why? Why not? Well, we know why they well, We know exactly why not. It's perfectly legal to do, to do under FIFA and all that bollocks, so they can't hide behind that. And like when he said, oh, we want, on Monday, oh, we want to do more, we'll do more of these things. Well, no, Howard, just give us a YouTube channel and put your fuck-ups on there for everyone to see. But they won't mm. show everything because we know why. <laughs> it's a, it's as plain it's as plain as ever this season. I mean, it might be hard for people to believe that we're we're not complete conspiracy nuts, 
But <laughs> when you what? when you bump, when you're bombarded with it over and over Stu, again, take off those orange tinted sunglasses right now and say <laughs> it with a straight face. You used to believe that think that it was all above board. Then you look at how dodgy boxing is, how how bent athletics has been over the years. You think, well, football, barring a few things in Italy and here in the Grobbler and whatever, on the whole, it's pretty pretty clean. Mm. But the amount of nonsense that goes on, you think, well, it's not easy. <laughs> it, it, when, it's, when it's as blatant in, in your face as some of the stuff that's happened this season that's been magnified with the VAR stuff, <laughs> there is, there's no way to argue against it for a lot of it because it's there. Not to drag it away from you're calling out corrupt referees. But within that eight, nine minutes of added time, Everton did score. And Stu, as you said, it was a bit of a clangy from Bentley, wasn't it? It's not good enough. It's, it's not good. I said he was not good enough anyway. He had one good game and everyone lauded him. But everything I said last week, that I, it, I was, it was really convincing how he was claiming the ball to himself. And within a week, it's all gone tits up here. Like the one that I mentioned where he punched it out for a corner when it was straight at him with both fists. Just odd behaviour. Why? Just why? He could have gone anywhere. That ball. And you think, well, okay. You've had, you've had a side to there. You've had one. And he'd started coming for a few things and then going back on his line. I think, well, yeah, this is why he's a number two in the championship. And we signed him for the English quota. That's exactly why he's here. Well, yeah, he might be good around the lads in the changing room, but he's not mm. good enough. He's not a Premier League goalkeeper. He's a, He's an okay number two backup at best. And within two games, we've seen that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, like you said, he's an okay number two backup. But the concern would be is whoever our number one is next season. Imagine they was injured for, say, three or four months. Would you want Bentley in goal for potentially 15 games? You'd have to change the way everything plays because he can't be relied on for things like that. Mm. So you know, for for someone like that who's who will come and claim, you've kind of he he showed he showed yesterday that he can't always do it. So his decision making's not very good. Yeah, he's capable to an extent. So you'd have to you'd have to change everything to keep him on in the six yard box for the majority of the time and not go wandering outside of it, even if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a it's a. It's a weird one with Bentley because, like, I mean, I wouldn't say he's shit, but is he better than when we had Ruddy as number two? I don't think so, and I wasn't a Ruddy fan. Um, so, so you could say we've actually gone backwards in that department now. I mean, considering how Ruddy's played pretty consistently, I believe. Player of the year. Yeah, you know, I, I know he's been fine for the number one spot. Um, but he's played a good amount of games. He's not—he's not gone and been complete backup, you know, Scott Carson levels for, for Birmingham City. So, I'd, I, I say very clearly, he—he—it's he, a homegrown status. And if you know, if we have to call on him in cup games and whatever with Bentley, then I sort of think so. So be it. But conceding a goal. In the 98th minute, 97th minute, whatever it kind of pops in, it, it did just feel so fucking annoying because I don't think Everton massively deserved it. No, no. Like, like what I said, there was just, there was, they didn't seem bothered. 
They look like yeah. they were on the beach as well, to be honest. They didn't seem bothered at all. I mean, I know they put their, they put their centre-halves up front. They went full dice and just started lumping up to him. Um, but literally, the last six minutes, that was the only time it looked like they actually seemed bothered about scoring, which was just, I found it really bizarre. Their, flan- their fans were really flat. Mm. Uh, they started off reasonably vocal and then you didn't hear anything from them from when we scored to when they scored. It was re- just very, very strange, I thought. They've got that, that stupid Ric Flair, woo, song there, they're, 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 they're <laughs> singing on repeat for a little bit and then after they scored, which is all they seem to do now. It used to be like Chelsea just took, just chanting their own name over and over again, which was annoying in itself, but that song has got to be the worst in the entire country. Whatever, what, <laughs> they never shone so brightly, well. Hmm. <laughs> they're just, they're the same as anti scouse thing again, but it's it's pretty obvious the media loving and the the whole Everton supporters thing from last year with the welcoming the bus in with the flares and wherever, and <laughs> to let off a blue flare when you've equalised in the ninety eighth minute, ninety ninth minute away to get a point that they were probably safe with even without it anyway. Looking at everyone else down there, but they were they were just they're terrible fans. They always have been. Goodison's as quiet as anything else. It's quieter than Molyneux has been this season, every time we've gone there, other than that stupid song. But again, they didn't deserve to be happy yesterday, and we gave it them. Well, uh, speaking of people who weren't happy yesterday, there's, a, I guess, at least two Wolves players who weren't. And let's, let's talk about Jimenez first, because we know Lopetegui loves a sub. He loves mixing players up. But with a couple of minutes left on the clock, we still had subs left and he decides to bring on Kuna instead of giving Jimenez I guess what has been perceived anyway as a as a last appearance at Molyneux of which I think Jimenez threw a bit of a strop from all, from all accounts um, and then was very emotional at full time so Lopetegui's come out afterwards and has said that maybe he could have done more maybe um, you know, I won't read you out the full quote, quote, uh, quote but um, he said you have to be professional as a coach, and after you have to take um, have to take a emotional decision. So maybe with this situation, maybe I can do a little bit better as a coach. I'm critical of myself, which I don't know. I feel like a lot of the optics. If I know it's like last games of the season. Something just about it reminded me of Bruno Large and Janky Hoover in terms of kind of throwing a player under the bus and losing that. It, it there was a real kind of catalytic moment then. And I think we're lucky, in my opinion, that this has happened at the time of the season it has. And but basically the players who are probably pissed off aren't staying here long term. Because I feel like there could be a bit of a disruption if it isn't going to all go away in five days, in six days' time or whatever. I mean, I think, personally, we're a professional football club playing in the Premier League, points on the line. You know, it wasn't a charity game. <laughs> if, if And you've got to... If, if the coach feels in that moment that Raul wasn't the right sub to bring on, then everyone has got to respect and accept that. And, right, Raul is, it's a really, really sort of 
tricky topic because pre-injury, absolutely fantastic. You know, the joy that he brought to 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 us as fans was second to none. But for me, his behaviour and his attitude from Southampton at home, he doesn't deserve it anyway. He doesn't deserve that sort of, yeah, mate, have your 10 minutes. Because let's not forget, this is a guy that refused to play for us when we was in the shit. So that... For me, and I know every fan's different and there's fans who, you know, he, he can do no wrong and that's fine, that's your opinion. We're all entitled to, to, to our opinion, but it left a, a, a sour taste for me and I just always think with players, never bigger than the club. And, you know, we come week in, week out and we support you. You've got to show that little bit of respect back. And what he did, in my opinion, is was show the club a massive lack of respect. Absolutely massive. But then he still wants his little five minutes of glory when we're trying to win a game. Nah, don't watch for me. And fair play to Lopetegui because obviously now we've got a coach with some fucking bollocks about him who ain't scared to to make big decisions and to show, like, I'm the coach, I'm the manager, you sing to my tune, not the other way around. So that's my that's my opinion on on Raul not getting his little five minutes to clap everyone. Yeah, completely agree. And I think where it is different for the Hoover thing, Hoover was thrown under the bus by a manager and he was a child. And <laughs> yeah, he might be a, a bit of a bellend and has been proven when he was sent away and then they sent him away again. And he seems to have been getting sent to Stoke's going to do something to a person, ain't you? Either, you either sink, <laughs> or you realise, I don't really want to be in Stoke. Please, please sort myself out and kind of get back. And look what he's done. He's done well at Stoke. So I presume he comes back in the summer with a, a fresh, fresh light and we'll see. But with this, like you said, he, he came on against Man United last week and he was fucking awful. He did nothing <laughs> at all. He did nothing at all. He looked... He looked less fit than players who played an hour. And he just came on the pitch. He swanned around. He didn't do anything. You think, well, okay. You clearly know you're going. Whatever. Fine. But he didn't deserve to play. And like Lee said, it's not a charity. And when each league position's worth three million quid, is it worth three million quid throwing throwing a game so Raul can have a, a standard ovation? No. <laughs> it's not worth that for anyone. If that was Neves in the same situation and he'd been out of the team, it's <laughs> now. You had it, he had yeah. it at the end. He had it at the end yeah. anyway. So, uh, yeah, from his point of view, yeah, fine. What he did, throwing, the, throwing his jacket down in frustration, completely understand. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's also nothing wrong with your manager realising you're, you're shit now through no fault of your own. We've said over and over again. Yeah. He's a, he's a different person as well as a different player. And you yeah. can see that in how he's behaved. And obviously yeah. it's a head injury. This happens. It's unfortunate. But again, the club supported him more than anything in the entire world. The fans did. The banner that people funded. Mm. Everything, everything's been done to support him. We gave him a whole year last year. And he's never got back to the same rate. And then he turns up 
like everyone else did under Dr. Death, completely unfit. <laughs> and from that point of view, I don't blame him for not for being when he was misdiagnosed. Again, I understand him being pissed off and not wanting to be around a bloke who's now been struck off from the club, not medically. Well, that, that's inevitable, really. But I don't, I don't blame that whole situation. I don't blame him to, for getting out of somewhere where a, a doctor, a supposed doctor, is telling him one thing, which is false, to go into someone who he trusts in the international setup. I don't blame him for that either. It's just a terrible situation all round. Lopetegui did the right thing for me. It's not a charity. If it was, if we'd four nil up with five minutes left, fine. Yeah, yeah. But we, it was one nil because we'd. Yet again, spurned a load of chances, and Cunha, for all his goal-scoring faults, is better option than Raúl in 2023. It's just the way it is. It's unfortunate yeah. and it's sad for everyone involved, but it was the right thing to do. In that five minutes, what happens? He gets clapped onto the pitch, and he runs around for five minutes. And what we cheer when he gets the ball or what I don't know what that five minutes has got any really relevance he gets to run around on the pitch for five minutes I don't know like you said he got all that at the end and that, yeah. and he didn't fully <laughs> thought I didn't realise that the volume was going to play on that sorry Tom no that's right I was going to say that. <laughs> and he, did, he deserved that for everything he did pre-injury I try, I try and separate Raul almost like it's two completely two different people yeah. and players now yeah. Yeah. pre pre-injury role and post-injury role post-injury role you can just forget about pre-injury role was an absolute hero and he, yeah. and he got what he deserved you know he, all that he got yesterday completely deserved for what he did pre pre-injury um so that's that's the more important bit no like that's 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 the bit that matters not the five minutes where he's just running around and chasing the ball probably aimlessly or not chasing the ball as as, as the last like 18 months has proven um so yeah he got he got what he deserved which was a, a great ovation from from the fans at the end of the game which is fair enough i think Martino was a strange one though not him not being in the squad but even though he wasn't in the squad like you'd think maybe you'd still come and support your teammates and come and well, see the fans that, at the end of the game that feels even weirder for me to be honest mm. and again it, it feels like he's thrown a bit of a wobbly for me that Lopetegui said um here's one of the players that I was thinking to play today because he has worked well but it's not about my choices it is about his will and I have to respect his situation and in my head Matinho is the pro's pro he, he is the consummate professional, conducts himself immaculately on the pitch. You see him in training. He's a fierce competitor, doesn't have a temper, doesn't make rash decisions, but seems to have decided to not want any of that. Almost, I think, for me, it's almost like the opposite of Raul. Raul wanted that five minutes of mm. everyone look at me, I, you know, I, I want that moment on the pitch during the game. And I kind of think Martino is the opposite. And so it's gone, well, hang on, if I'm not starting, I don't want to be just brought on the bench to be wheeled out as some sort of, you know, you say charity case. Mm. I want to be there because I've earned it. And as I say, like, you've almost got these two situations which are, the same, but completely different at the same time, which I, as, I, I guess my sort of thing about Lopetegui is I, I don't 
think he's actually kind of got it wrong because I think he's treated everyone the same in a way in terms of sort of, you know, it could have been really easy. If you say in the 88th minute, he brings on him. In the 89th minute, he brings on Matinho. In the 90th, he brings on Johnny and whatever. Because Johnny just wasn't in the squad. And I mean, I know his future's less certain than those others where, you know, you look at the reaction of him as he's in floods of tears at the end. It kind of did just feel like that. That's a goodbye, even though he's got a yeah. year left on his contract. It's like the same as Johnny. And I don't know. I, I, I find Matinho's uh, reaction to it very funny. And as you know, put on a fancast Twitter account at Wolves Fancast, if you're not already following, um, you know, um, it might regret him. Uh, it, might, it might be a regret for him. You know, he, he has been, frankly, one of the best players um, to wear a wool shirt in the history of the club. And he didn't get that opportunity during the game or afterwards as well. And it might it might not necessarily have a significance for him, but I don't know. It's still a strange one. Yeah. Um, until we know the full extent of it. I mean, the fact that he said respect his situation, mean, it might be a second language thing. So when he's saying he's will and his situation, does that mean he just didn't want to be there or did there's something happened and he mm. like it sounds it it doesn't sound as bad to me as it does to like some people have come up with all kinds of weird and wacky theories and whatever <laughs> um well it's your first nice comment there um but yeah it's it's a weird one until until we know for sure exactly what why he didn't want to be there i'm kind of benefit of the doubt for for everything that he's done for the last last few years and ever since he's been here he's been a consummate professional he's never moaned he's never done anything it's it's so completely out of character that it, for me it's like well something's clearly happened but what why would it why would this happen now because it, it hasn't happened before and at his age like you're saying he might just not have wanted the pity vote and he might have just said okay i'd rather well, not because do you but remember I was going to say, do you remember John Terry's when he was at Chelsea? And he was, it was at the point where he was genuinely dog shite <laughs> in his last yeah. season. And it was against Sunderland. And he told, I, I believe it, I don't know if it was him directly or Chelsea in general, told Jordan Pickford when they'd already been relegated to kick the ball out of play in the 26th minute yeah. so they could applaud him off. And I don't know, if that, if that's your yardstick... Himmler seems to have been, let's say, eager to go down that path, whereas Bettino is a much of a, you know, that's, that's just horrendous behaviour. Yeah. If, it, if it, that is the reason, then you can... It's weird, but I can understand it. If, if he has thrown a wobbly like Bolly did and refused to play and he just didn't want to be involved for whatever reason because he, he thinks he can stay for another year... Then you can kind of say, yeah, that's pretty piss poor form, but we don't know that yet, and I, I doubt that that's what it is. But I think the difference between Martino and Jimenez, for you, Stu, by the sounds of it, is Martino's still got stock in the bank in terms of actually, you know what? If he has thrown a 
tantrum, mob, however you want to describe it, where he's gone, I don't want to be part of the end of this end of season stuff. He's never done anything to put you in, you know, any disregard as a fan. Mm. Whereas, it, it, and it's the most devastating thing about Jimenez, isn't it, that he, he was firstly this genuinely brilliant player. Top 10 striker in the Premier League, one of the best strikers to ever play for Wolves. Then, obviously, injury, and it's like just literally everything in the last 12 months. I could get over the two sending offs from last season. <laughs> you know, the fucking stupid one against Man City and the bewildering one against Leeds. And we can't let it slide. And you know, how many footballers have a year? where they're playing and just don't have any pressure per se in terms of delivering and stuff like that. But then kind of everything that's gone on this season has seemingly tarnished a bit of his reputation for, for like, with Wolves fans, which is that, I, I find it an interesting kind of marry up in terms of you know, those, those two players in similar situations. It is sad. It's sad if, if if that's the case with Martina. I don't understand why he wouldn't watch watch the team play, watch Neves's mm-hmm. last game at home. You know, watch him get the you know the ovation that he, he deserved. You know, the the guy he's been playing centre mid next to his, you know, his sort of prodigy for the last you know sort of five five years or so. Um, same with Johnny and Neto as well. They've 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 chosen not to watch the the team that they get paid by. And the, the players that they play with week in week out play it's a bit it's a bit sad really but again I, yeah like let you know I, I, let's not jump to conclusions with it let's see what comes out first but um, yeah genuine legend it's a shame it's just you know we've not been able to to give him the praise and adulation that he deserves. This is where they both score against Arsenal next week, isn't it? That's it. Him and his yeah. hat trick incoming. Yeah, can't <laughs> wait. Um, lastly, we do have Ruben Neves as well who. Again, a fairly emotional lap of honour. You know, I, I, I've probably sounded very cynical before, and I meant it when um, you know it, it felt similar to last season when he got really emotional before the um, sorry after the game. And whereas this time, yeah, it was emotional. It almost felt like a level of accepting. And he said to um, press afterwards, um, "I want to be here, but I've never, I, I never hide the fact that I want." to play Champions League football. It's a hard decision. Me and my family love it here, but in football you have to go for your main goals. Nothing's happened yet. Um, um, If it was my last game, I really enjoyed it and I'm very thankful for the past six seasons, which I think is just just a really textbook answer and I don't think any balls play for grudges Nevis when he moves. No, I think you know what I think we've got to be grateful that we've we have had six seasons out of him. Yeah, um, you know we've done really well to get six seasons out of him. Six good, potentially six of his best footballing seasons out of him as well. Mm. Obviously, you know he might go and absolutely smash it. We don't know yet. Um, but I don't know. A part of me, I don't know why, but I've just got a feeling he's going to stay. I don't know. I've got nothing, no indication as to why I feel that way. But I just, I, I just think he's gonna stay. Yeah, going to Barcelona. 
because they got a fucking pot to piss in. And what they're offering, what they're offering now to send us about thirty-five of their squad players for them. <laughs> <laughs> like that ain't gonna happen. Um, I think the best move for him personally would be uh, Man United. Yeah, I just think he really transforms their midfield. Yeah, obviously, yeah, he gets Champions League football. Um, you know, regardless of what you think about Man United, I can't stand them, but they're a massive club. You know, still one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, gets to play in a massive stadium week in week out. Gets his Champions League football. And he would be the main man in their midfield, and so I think that's that's the move that makes most sense. But I don't know. I still I think he's going to stay. I think it's the other United. I think if anyone, it'll be Newcastle for the for the reason that if they can wank off forty million for Anthony Gordon and how that bloke has got a career, God knows. Hmm. Um, it's. They beat Leicester tomorrow. It's all but guaranteed. Ain't Champions League football from so. I think it is guaranteed. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, their midfield is. They haven't really got much depth there. Obviously, they've got mm. Jolins are playing there, but he's that. He's their first team is great. Below that, it's not. And you think someone building a team around him in the Champions League? I mean, the, the fact that he said Champions League and not European football. That rules out West Ham if when, when they if they win that and they're in Europa League as a replacement for Rice. Rules out Spurs. Rules out Spurs. Well, Spurs might rule themselves out at this rate. Um, <laughs> yeah, going to go to Villa to play against some farmers in Austria or wherever in the in the Conference League. So there ain't a lot of options left, and no one's going to pay the money that we're going to ask for him elsewhere in Europe. So. Like Lou said, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes September he's still here. And if he is, he'll sign a new deal. Like well, Leicester. I was going to say, that, that, that'll be my follow-up then, is if you think he's likely not to go, whether it's through Wolves' demands or lack of interest, do you see him sign a new contract, even if it's is like it a contract? 150 grand a week, club captain, we get 10 or 12 years out of him. He retires here. He never gets to play Champions League football, but he gets to become a legend in Wolverhampton. You know what I mean? I know what I'd pick. But no, I would. I would. I'd just give him... I mean, what's he on now? About 80. I mean, if Jimenez and Martino are host earners on 100 grand a week, I'd break the structure for him, 120, 130, give him the armband, club captain... And I feel weird saying this because then you'd have to build the team around him. But we actually look like we play better football when he's not playing. <laughs> so it's yeah. But that's what that's what I'd do. New four or five year deal. Um, bump up his wages and and then we bump up his transfer value as well. Well, that's that's my thinking. Is that even if he signed, let's say, a three year deal in the summer. But you know, he's essentially on a four year contract, and at that point, that's almost just enough to it's enough to keep him to stay and to increase his value, but not too much that a club might not come sniffing. Mm-hmm. He said, and if they don't, then I, I, I don't think money is the overriding factor for Ruben Neves. You say, 
actually seems to be someone who's still very much committed on his goal aspirations in terms of playing mm-hmm. European Champions League football. But yeah, at least you know, hey, if he has to stay all sort another season, at least he's earning another fifty grand a week on top of what he's already earning. Yeah, you, you could even put a caveat in there, like saying, okay, you'll have this four or five year deal, but everyone has the Champions League thing is what you want. And by signing this deal, you guarantee us, I don't know, a minimum like a, or a, re- a release clause of 35. Yeah, it might seem mm. low, but it's better than nothing in 12 months. Something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. A bit like um, Grealish had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was obviously yeah. 100 million. But yeah, yeah, similar yeah. kind of thing. Like like a kind of a formal a formal gentleman's agreement like we had with Les Scott when he, he signed and then we sold him off. Similar yeah. kind of thing. That, yeah. Or with, say, George Lefignana. <laughs> I don't. I, I. I don't know why I decided to name drop him. I like saying the name. Get him on. I know you're gonna wrap up in a minute, Rich. But sorry, can we just have two minutes to talk about how shit Collins was yesterday? <laughs> I can't go. I can't. We can't go an hour and twelve minutes without saying that. Sorry, I'm not even gonna wrap up. But Jesus Christ! Imagine, what did Dan call him? Right-footed bearer. I quite like I've, I've, been, I've defended him all season but honestly it looked like a competition winner yesterday it was, it, he'd look out of place at the fucking charity game on, on Friday he would it, do you know what did it, it what, what did it for me was it first half yeah it was the South Bank, first half big ball come from out oh, the sky God, yeah, yeah. and the ball just stood there and watched it bounce yeah <laughs> I know I couldn't believe it sorry I had to say that there was another one. Laughing, laughing, ruined inside, yeah. Like, like, when do I bring it up? I was going to say, I've managed to make it for a whole episode about praising Joe Gomez, which I feel like I should. Not least of all for card getting his shirt torn and stuff like that. I just love the bloke. Well, sorry, but just go back on Collins. What the fuck do we do with him next season? Well, Jafo's got a uh, good shout in the uh, in the comments. Fuck make yeah. a wish. No, and to be fair, we've got a slightly more sensible one, which is um, needs a load of 40 games to sign off his team so he can uh, get out all his mistakes. I think he's probably better as a... Not better. He's probably better as a right-back at this moment in time. Just because any of his nonsense is going to be... not going to be capitalised on as much. So, I mean, he's played there before and he he did pretty well. And he's got the kind of... He's got the capability to play there, but it's his decision making from from out of nowhere. From you look from August, August September before he he went high karate on Grealish, he was fine. There was no problem yeah. with him. He was sound. Yeah. But ever since then, he's like he's, he's completely lost his head. And now there was a couple of times yesterday where he he went to step up, and like almost like what Kilman did last week. He's in the back of his mind that he didn't want to get caught. And then he stepped back, but then by stepping back, the ball went through, and it happened. It happened more than once. And you think, well, what are you doing? Like the, the Collins that we signed wouldn't have done this. And he just—it's it, almost like he needs it drilled into his head what he, he actually is, and Ooh. not what he thinks he can be or what he's turned into. Because we ain't getting any money back from him at all. If anyone wanted to sell him, how much is we signing for? Twenty. Yeah, twenty million would pay for him. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not. It's weird actually. I said to my mate, yes, I'm not actually that. I, I wouldn't say I was happy that he played that bad, but 
it's, it's it is. I think it's actually a good thing. Same with Pudence. I think it's quite good that they played shit because now that we know, now Lopetegui knows, Jeff She knows, and the fans know they are nowhere near good enough for next season, and they need to be shot, get shot off, or you know, loaned out, or <laughs> they need to be it. shot. <laughs> got, got, got shot off. Got shot off. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's not the worst. Same with Bentley. It's not the worst thing because now yeah. it's clear to everyone that they need replacing and they can't be starting games for us next season. Better to see it now than the 5th of September next exactly. season when the transfer window yeah. Exactly, 100%. And they're still 100%. playing. 100%. Well, I was going to say, time will tell on Collins, I think. But, but give me an interesting one, I think, long, long term, because it was such a big investment. But, you know, we spent the same amount on Patrick Petrone. Um, which, yeah, how how little we knew. Um, before, that's going to be that's going to be mentioned. He's only twenty two as well, and the amount mm. of football he's played at yeah, that yeah, young yeah. age, he's got he's got more than enough time to learn and, and to pack it all in. Um, but the amount of mistakes yesterday was more than the rest of the season combined. Yeah, I, I I don't want to be harsh on the bloke, but I can't remember a defender we've had in recent years who's been so error ridden Vallejo Vallejo levels (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know Red Disney to sort of be such a mark of improvement Um, but that seems a good point to to end the show Um, but before we do make sure uh, you check out our charity football match stuff that's happening very very soon a week on Friday um, on the 2nd of June, we're playing Upload United, which is a select 11 of other content creators from um, across, I was going to say, from podcasts to vlogs to um, uh, YouTube channels as well. So uh, it's all to raise money for Mind. Um, if you click the link in the description, feel free to donate. Um, so, yeah, really good cause. Make sure you go check it out um, if you can do. Um, we will be back later this week for the last preview show of the season. <gasps> Shock. Um, which feels bonkers, to be honest. That we've said, you know, when we talked about Huang earlier and, 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 you know, stuff against Newcastle, I kind of can't quite comprehend that's in the same season as this one <laughs> right now. Um, so, yeah, one more game to go, guys, but we will, of course, be here to preview it. And we'll be here to talk about it afterwards and um, any of the other ongoings around Molyneux. Um, big shouts out to 90 Min. And also make sure you keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wolves Fancast. Until next time, though, it's goodbye from Tom. See you, guys. It's goodbye from Luke. See you later. And it's goodbye from Stu. Bye, everyone. See you next time. You see it every day. The first dollar you earned from your first customer. Now it hangs on your wall at headquarters. A reminder of where you started and the promise of what's still to come. In part because you rely on Sandy Spring Bank to help you make the right choices on real estate and equipment loans, treasury management, and commercial services. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.